Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. Well, welcome to Watershed. Tonight's going to be a little bit different. Um, and uh, these are my friends Tegan, you know, and yep. Kate. Many of you guys don't know Kate, especially if you're a guy. So make sure if you haven't screamed out her name, make sure you scream out her name and say, hey, Kate. Um, I love you Excellent. Too. There we go. See? There we go. Yeah, We're Tegan. really yeah. there to... <laughs> Encourage. Come on. There it is. There it is. You guys are great. All right. So you asked for it. This is something that we've done here at Watershed uh, for about eight years. We don't do it every single year. Uh, but whenever we get a lot of questions from you guys as students, whether it's in group time and you tell your leader or you come up and talk to one of us and you have a good question, we write those down. And whenever we have these open weeks in our schedule, when we're not doing something a part of the curriculum, we want to take those, this time to answer those questions. So I know that our time's going to be limited today. And even as we're answering a handful of questions tonight, you're probably going to get more questions. And so when that happens, just pull out your phone, write that question down, send that over to us, give that to your leader, and then leader, send that to us so that we can cover that for the next round of You Ask For It. Does that sound good? Mm. Awesome. Well, great. Um, so these first three questions really came in. I think we had a, an Instagram story, right? So if you're not on social media, sorry we didn't give you an opportunity or a platform to ask us your question. Um, but um, we've got a couple really good ones here. I think it really it does apply to all of us, or it's probably a question that all of you have had over, I don't know, uh, whether the last several weeks, several months, perhaps even years, for those of you who are deeper thinkers. So let's put that first question up onto the screen. And it says, how will I know if activities, I mean like my activities, are cutting into my walk with God? And this is a great question for us as high school students because we're, we're told to be active, right? We know that we have to be active for the most part because if we want to get into a good college, we have to put down activities onto our college applications and things like that. Oftentimes our parents are telling us, hey, be active, go do something. You can't just sit around and play Fortnite all day long. I mean, some of you probably could, but that's not something that maybe you should put onto your college application. So how do I know if my activities are cutting into my walk with God? And I'd love to start over on the left, Kate, ladies first. Thank you. Um, Well, I'm going to preface this question by saying I struggle with this myself. Um, I think usually one of the first ways people answer how are you doing is I'm so busy, right? Right. Um, Myself included. So I am constantly processing this and struggling with this. So just want to preface with saying that. Um, But when we really think about um, why are we participating in the activities that we are, I want to ask you the question, um, are you trying to justify yourself and your worth by the activities that you're participating in? Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not our own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Um, And so I think that ultimately is telling us that God has finished it for us. He's finished the work 
Um, we do not have to prove ourselves by um, our resume, by how well we're doing in our sports, how well we're doing in school. Um, and so if we're using our activities to justify how good we are, then I would say that's starting to bleed into our relationship with God and we're not believing the gospel like we should. Um, and so one just kind of litmus test would be, if God was to ask me to walk away from this activity, would I be able to? Um, and so, you know, there's a famous story from the Old Testament when Abraham um, is, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Um, and that's just a, a, a picture of our idolatry. So what are the things, um, the activities, the gifts um, that he has given to us? Those are gifts from God. So if you're good at running, if you're good at art, if you're top of your class, that's because God gave that gift to you. So are you able to sacrifice those gifts back to him? Um, and I think just kind of a very basic thing is that God intentionally um, gave us 24 hours in a day. And if we're not able to have the capacity to do all that we want to do, then we're probably doing too much. Um, there's, God was good when he gave us limits. He had purpose in that. And so if we're living beyond that, then there's probably something off there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great point. Uh, true story. My son came home today from church, and we asked him, what did you learn? He's four. Like, what did you learn today at church? And he goes, I learned about God and Abraham. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, let's see how much he actually retained. And then it's like, what did Abraham do? And uh, who was he with? He said, Abraham and Sarah. Like, he's really proud of himself that he remembered two names. Great job, son. And then I said, what did they do? What was the story about? Was it about Isaac, you know, trying to lead him a little bit? And he was like, oh, yeah, Isaac. And it was about camping. They went to go camping. That was the point of today's story. That's not what you're talking about, right? No, you're talking about something much deeper than right. just camping, but about really sacrifice and being willing to give up even the thing that you love. Now, God might not be calling us, like, what's the thing that you love most in your life? Now go sacrifice it. That's right. not what he's saying, right? right? That's not what you're saying either. Right. And I would, you know, there was another point I wanted to make is that really God, he gives us the gifts, um, and he delights when we delight in the gifts that he's given to us. Yeah. And so if we start to lose that delight, then that's another way in which, so just like Jimmy is saying, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not up there kind of trying to take away every good thing from us. He really delights when we delight in um, the gifts that he's given us. And yeah. so. Yeah, absolutely. Tegan, you have any closing thoughts on that question? Yeah. Um, in, in the book of James, it says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And if you think about it, like everything that we have in our life, God has given us, it's, it's a good thing. These things are good things. I think the, the question is actually saying what happens when that good thing becomes an ultimate thing? Like what happens when that good thing comes in between us and God? What do we then do with it? And I think what's really cool, and I, I often challenge people with this, is like why not take these good things that might be these idols and actually turn them around and use them as venues in which you can use to worship God? For example, if sport is getting in the way, what happens if you turned around and you cho chose to use sport as something that could glorify God and honor God? Like Kate was saying, you've been gifted, you've been wired that way. So why not use these good gifts that maybe we've put as ultimate, turn them around, and use them as a vehicle to worship yeah. God? So yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, and I'll just close out this question with, uh, with this one quick comment. 
um, I think a lot of times we are our own harshest critic. And uh, there's an important thing about being a, a part of a community and having, whether it's a discipleship group or mentors, disciples, people who are feeding into you or um, who are leading you. And oftentimes, they can all, God will use those people in your life to speak truth to you. And so if they see something that you are getting involved in that may be cutting into your time with God, mm. do, you, do you have people and will they even speak out and say, hey, you may want to really reconsider how you're spending your time in this area yeah. or you maybe you're elevating this a little bit more than uh god himself yeah. uh, and those are hard things to hear and i know that those are hard things to share we'll get into a little bit more of that uh in one of our other questions but that's one of the things that i wanted to comment on as well yeah. all right well great again i'm sure more questions are coming out of that but we're going to move on to the second question and this one will probably cause more side questions so what do miracles tegan look like now? Well, I know for a fact that as you said miracles, everybody's mind went a certain place and probably you thought, well, what about miracles like healings and like why are there still people sick in the world if the Bible said that you can go and pray for the sick and see them healed? And I know that most of us have this mindset that a miracle is this crazy, supernatural, insane kind of thing that like will get people like excited and questioning and all that kind of stuff. But the, the challenge that we have been presented with today is that there's so much more to the idea of what a miracle is than simply just leaving it on the side of, yeah, you prayed and you saw somebody raised from the dead. Um, not to discount that those things happen in the world, but there's so much more. And so I want to encourage us is that when we think of miracles, first of all, you are, as you are sitting in your seat right now, a miracle. The way that your body formed in your mother's womb is a miracle. That is, I, I don't, like, that is absolutely true. You are a living, breathing miracle. Right now, you don't even realize it, but your heart is beating. You're not telling it to do that. It is just doing that so involuntary that it's going right now. You're breathing. You didn't tell yourself to breathe but you're breathing right now. The fact that your heart is beating and you are breathing is keeping you alive. That is 100% a miracle. Other miracles could be things like answered prayer. I don't think we always think about, like if you were at church today, you heard Caleb talk about prayer, praying consistently, trusting God for things. Like how many times have you been lying on your bed at night praying a prayer? You don't even remember what you pray, but God is so gracious to even answer those prayers that can be seen as a miracle. And obviously, there are the supernatural. It's the, you prayed and God healed somebody, or you, you, you heard about you know, God showing up and curing cancer, or a paralytic being able to walk again. We hear these stories in the Bible, and there's actually a really cool scripture. Um, I don't know if it's gonna come up on the screen, but it's from Matthew chapter 10, um, Jesus calls his disciples to himself and he says, and he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and affliction. And, and, and obviously, I know whoever asked this question, you're probably thinking along these lines, like, yes, you are a miracle. Yes, God answers prayer in the everyday like, kind of life. But I know that this question was asked from the prospect of, is God still healing today? Is God still doing these supernatural miracles 
uh, today. If, if you ask anybody in the room if they've gone on a mission trip to another country, they'll come back and they'll tell you story after story about how God did this and God healed this person's sickness and this person had a demon cast, like crazy stuff. And you're like, whoa, 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 hang on. How does that, does that work in John's Creek? You know, does that happen today? Um, and so I wanna say that these things I do believe happen. Uh, I think sometimes we get caught up on the question of, Will God or won't God? You know, like, will God heal this person or won't he heal this person? I think a better question should be, do you believe that he can? Because when we look at the character of the God in the Bible, he can do these things. We're not to, like, we can ask, will he, won't he? We know that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We don't always know what he's doing on the ground. But the encouragement will be, is do you believe that God can? Um, before I, I, I want to read this quote from Tim Keller, I think it's absolutely profound. So just lend your ear to this. It says this We modern people think of miracles as the suspension of the, nat- the natural order, but Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. The Bible tells us that God did not originally make the world to have disease and hunger and death in it. Jesus has come to redeem where it is wrong and heal the world where it is broken. His miracles are not just proofs that he has power, but also wonderful foretastes of what he is going to do with that power. Jesus' miracles are not just the challenge to our minds, but a promise to our hearts that the world we all want is coming. And I think that's incredible because the big idea is that we pray, God, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We believe that miracles do happen today, but the miracle in and of itself isn't the miracle. The miracle is that that happening gives us a taste of heaven and points us uh, to Jesus. And so if if you have more questions about you, again, write these down. Come and ask us. Um, I've I've personally seen miracles happen um, here in Johns Creek, back in South Africa. I was actually, where's Wes Swain? He's somewhere here. Like he walked into church limping today and we prayed and he was playing spike ball earlier. Like I really do think in a way God is up to something. Are you willing to believe him for those things? So yeah. Yeah, great. Well said. Um, one of the things that you were alluding to even in that quote from Tim Keller is that Jesus is at the center of this, mm-hmm. right? And um, oftentimes, I, I don't know, uh, I don't watch TV anymore, but when I used to watch TV, um, you would... Oftentimes, especially late at night, you would see these televangelists, and they'll kind of wave around something, and then hit, like, them, hit you with a jacket, top of yeah, thing, hit no. you with the jacket, uh, and cool. then boom, you're healed, right? And, um, and and maybe that's what we're thinking when we think of miracles happening today. Um, but one of the things that I always have trained myself to ask is: Is this bringing glory and attention to that person, mm. to that event, or to that place, or? Is it drawing attention to the work and the power of God, yeah. right? And um, a lot of times you see this, this show, and I, and I don't want to go so far as to like say that you know, this person is not a believer, that person is a believer, but definitely the showmanship yeah. is, is something that for me is like, that's, that's off-putting. Yeah. Um, but God will show himself to bring people to himself. Exactly. And I think that's exactly what you were yeah, saying. I think the, the greatest miracle, I think sometimes we even forget this, is that if you are here today and you are a Christian, that means that God raised you from the dead spiritually. Mm-hmm. 
The Bible teaches that I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation is, in, in our opinion, one of the greatest miracles. Christ rising from the dead and purchasing a people for himself is the greatest miracle that we know. And we hope that a miracle done on the ground will point people towards receiving the greatest miracle, and that is salvation. Yeah, and that's just part of the story, too, because I think, Kate, maybe you can speak into even before Jesus' life and death here on earth, what did he do? And that's what I was going to say is that, I mean, the ultimate miracle is that Jesus came back from the dead. So, like, and that changes everything. So, pre-Jesus, you know, there are all these miracles in order to point to Christ coming. And he came. And he, I mean, what, what Tim Keller's quote says, he's, he came back. He died and rose from the dead in order to restore all things. Yeah. And that is the ultimate miracle. And that's what we can look back to and trust in um, when we are asking those questions. Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, just at this point, I do want to plug this book. If you're in TFL, student TFL, this is a book that um, you get given to you. Uh, it's a book called Essential Truths of the Christian Faith by R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul actually passed away earlier this year. Uh, great theologian, pastor, teacher, um, very helpful resource. And I would highly recommend that you, you pick this up in the bookstore just because it's the way that it's laid out is so simple um, all the chapters are super short, a couple of pages long. He has a summary in there. There are uh, selected key passages of Scripture that will also help you see in Scripture where he is talking about these issues. Um, and even if it, your question right now, you don't have questions that are, that are in this book, I guarantee you, you will at some point, whether you're later on in high school or even in college or even after uh, as an adult, you will want to have this on your bookshelf and go back and say, oh, what does it say? about miracles or what does you know reform conservative theology say about this issue he'll have it in here great resource and it'll probably again open the door to more questions but again that's why you're in community that's why you have people around you whether it's a d group leader staff here at the church we would love to engage you on those questions cool all right last question and uh this might be the question of the day um and when i say question of the day i don't mean like today today but the question of, of our time for, our, for you as a high school student, and that is, how do you know when God is calling you to do something? Mm-hmm. Now, I've been in student ministry for almost 20 years. Um, Tegan, probably you know, 10, 15 years. Kate, probably 10 or so years. Uh, so we've got a lot of experience between us. Jeff Summers, who's our high school pastor, he's old, and so he's got lots of experience, too. Oldish, you know what I mean. He's not in the room. We can say what we want. Absolutely, but yeah. it is being recorded, and he may listen to this Maybe. if his ears can pick up that audio. <laughs> Bazing! <laughs> it's a great thing to have job security. Uh, maybe not so much anymore. Anyways, um, we have a lot of experience working with students, and the the question that often comes, especially if you're a high school junior or a senior is where do I go to college? How do I know what school to go to? How do I know where I need to go to do this thing? And will this honor and glorify God? Right? All of us have had this question. Should I do this or should I do that? Right? How do I know God is calling me to do something? This is a great question, and it will be a question that you will wrestle with, not just while you're in high school, but into college, out of college, when, you are, when you're thinking about getting married, if you want to get married, uh, having a family, if you want to have a family, as you start a career, if that's what you want to do, you're always going to be asking yourself this question. And um, 
This verse for me has, is, is quite like a life verse. I want to put up Romans chapter 12. Um, and this has been such a helpful verse for me to memorize and reflect on over when I was in high school up until today. And it says this. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what your calling is, what is good, and what is acceptable and perfect. Let's just leave that up there on the screen. Um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. And I remember going to my youth pastor when I was 15 years old and asking, what is God's will for my life? Or how do I know what God is calling me to? There are so many things I want to do, so many things that I think I'm good at, but what do I do? Where do I go to school and what do I do? And he pointed me to this verse because he made it He made the question not about me, but about who God is and what God was going to reveal in my life. And it made me check my attitude at the door. It made me say, am I conforming to this world? Am I seeking transformation by the spirit or am I seeking transformation by the people around me? Mm -hmm. Am I seeking transformation by what I'm learning in the classroom or what I like for a period of time or what I don't like for a period of time? I want to know, God, what it is what your will is for me. Well, how do I know this? I offer myself as a living sacrifice so long as I am living for the glory of God and I am constantly offering myself up. So going back to that example of Abraham and Isaac, putting myself on the altar, not only putting my desires on the altar, but put myself onto the altar and say, God, do with me as you will. Um, I think then we'll start getting a clearer picture of what God's will for my life or what God is calling me to. Now, again, that's more on a spiritual realm. You might be thinking more in a practical realm, like, okay, well, that maybe doesn't help me so much with choosing UGA or Georgia Tech, okay? Now, you got to, at this point, really think about what are your desires in life and what are the things that you're gifted at? Again, I'm going to throw a little plug out to student TFL. One of the things that you do in this class, you, you take a right path profile, which is essentially like a Myers-Briggs or a personality, uh, you know, kind of like a, a profile of this is how I'm wired, okay? And um, in that time, you also do a spiritual gifts test or a spiritual gifts inventory. It's kind of to see, like, as a believer, and I believe that the Spirit of God is dwelling in me, these are the things that God is working in and through me. These, this is the fruit of God's Spirit in me, and I may be better at teaching and preaching and not so great at being hospitable. You can ask our staff, like, this is like a true thing. Like, ask our high school staff how many of them have even been invited to my house. The, the, the answer is very few uh, because I'm not super hospitable. That's not the first thing on my mind is, hey, why don't you come to my house? Because the first question on my mind is, do I want this person in my house? And is my house clean enough? And what are they going to think about me if I bring them into my house? So hospitality is not my major gift. But ask me to get up on stage and, and talk about something, I'll do that very easily. I have no problem getting up on stage and teaching. Mm. But that might not be someone else's gift, right? So spiritual gifts inventory, that's one of the other things that you'll do in student TFL. And, re- and that will also really help you figure out how God is calling me to a particular place or thing. 
Now, I, I use this example. You may desire to be a missionary in China. Like someone may desire to do that. All right, that's great. I love your heart for that. Do you speak Chinese or do you have an affinity for language, right? Um, is that something that you're able to do? And if the answer is no, and you have no desire to learn Chinese, you may want to reconsider God's calling in your life to go to China as a missionary. Now, if you have an incredible ability to learn languages, or maybe you already speak Chinese and God has put that on your heart, hey, you know what? That sounds like a couple of things are lining up. So now let's pray and say, God, would you make it abundantly clear for me to go to China? You know? Um, I'd love to open it up because I've got a lot more things. I know we all have a lot of things that we could say to that. But I'll start with you, Kate. Um, anything that you want to add to this? Yeah, I mean, a very practical tool my campus minister in college taught me when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after college. He said, you know, look at what opportunities do you have? Where is your affinity? And are you being affirmed by others in that gifting? Um, so if those three things align, just, just do it. You know, I think sometimes we over-spiritualize the process of calling, um, and sometimes it's really practical. And God, he's going to bring about his plan. You can't mess that up. And so um, I think if you just wisely look at those three things and move forward, he'll stop you. He really will. I mean, he stops certain things in my life um, from moving forward. Um, So just move forward with that. And just another kind of plug Um, There is a sermon that I've listened to probably 50 times um, called Your Plans, God's Plans by Tim Keller. Um, And so you can find that online for free. Just Google that. It's on gospelandlife.com or .org. But Your Plans, God's Plans by Tim Keller. And it is one of the most helpful things about reconciling the fact that um, God gives us freedom to choose, but he's also perfectly sovereign. Mm. Those two things are true at the same time. Um, So it kind of helps you process through that. That's great. Tegan? Yeah, I I, I was asked this question a couple years ago, and I think it just kind of really helped me navigate what I was to do with my life um, because I was given a chance, like, do I move nine and a half hours away from my hometown? Do I stick around? Do I go to Australia? Like, what is the... What is the plan? Did you say go to Australia? I was. I thought you're from Australia. Okay, there we go again. Cool. I was gonna. uh, But anyway, so the the question that I was asked was, um, if if God was giving you the green light, and money was never had to be an issue, what could you see yourself doing for the rest of your life? And that, that question really struck me because, like, money was not an issue. Like, getting paid, like, I would have enough money. I'm like, okay, what would I want to do? Or, like, okay, so God's giving me the green light and God is saying, go for this. Like, what would it be? Um, and, and looking at kind of where I was at in my life, it, it was, I was looking at what am I passionate about? How, how have I been wired? Like, what, what is my wiring? Um, what are my spiritual gifts? Like Jimmy was saying, like, all these different things, we believe that God has wired us sp- specifically in a certain way to do certain things that nobody else could do, to interact with people that nobody else could interact with, and to place you in an area where He wanted you to be. And so if you look at the fact that you are uniquely wired and you are uniquely placed those things come together for unique opportunities. And so for me, I was passionate about uh, teenagers. I was, um, my desire was for teenagers to know Jesus. And when I looked at what I could do, I could communicate. 
how did those three things come together for me personally? And I looked at it and I prayed about it and youth ministry kind of rose to the forefront. And so people often say to us like, oh, you, 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 you're just in this and you hang with students and you get paid to do it. I would still do this even if I didn't get paid. Like That's, the fact that we get to... That was true of you though. Yeah, it was kind like of you true. You literally like, came here, nearly sent back, yeah. not being paid and you were still around. Yeah, I, I know. People keep asking that question. Like, why is he still around? Uh, well, I'm here, so deal with it. Um, but you're right. Like, I would just continue to do it even though money wasn't an issue. And God was like, hey, opportunities. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I think about calling and That's future. great. And one of the things that you, you slid in there very slyly, but I know that you don't do this in a, a very sly way, which is prayer. And that's a big, big part of this, right? We, we see that command, ask, seek, knock, go to the Father. Your Father who gives good gifts. We already talked about good gifts from James chapter 1, mm. right? Uh, it talks about in First Peter, cast your anxieties to him. How have you been doing that? Have you even been doing that, right? Uh, make your, your requests known to God. Don't be anxious about anything, it says in uh, Philippians 4. A mm. um, couple of quotes here. The first one I want to put up is uh, a quote by Kevin DeYoung, and he so Kate shouted out a, a sermon from Tim Keller, but there's also a book that, Kim, that Kevin DeYoung wrote called, um, oh, what is it? Just, uh, do something. Just Do Something. And this yeah. is a, a great little resource. Not a tiny book, but it's not a long book by any means. And this is what he says. He says, we can't stop pleading with God to show us the future and start living and obeying like we are confident that he holds the future. We can stop pleading with God to show us the future and start living and obeying like we are confident that he holds the future. So again, even with our own lives, we, we readily say, God, do with me as you will, right? And that's what um, Kevin DeYoung is getting at there. And then one last quote by Frederick Buckner or Buchner, and I think Caleb actually referenced him today also. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And that's straight out of Scripture. And I think it's in Psalm 45 or Psalm 46. It talks about the deep desires of the heart, that God longs to give you the desires of your heart, right? Now, do those desires line up with what honors and what glorifies God? If so, then yes. And that's the same heart of the prayer that, or the command that Jesus gives to his disciples, right? Ask of your Father who wants to give you these things, mm. So go to him and ask anything, right? It's the same idea uh, that we see here in that quote. All right, we're up on time. We're going to pray. I know you have more questions. Write those down. Send them to your leaders. Send them to us. You can email Kate at katr at perimeter.org. You can send them directly to her, and hopefully we can do this again. I know we have another open week in December. We've got a couple of open weeks in uh, the spring semester as well. I'm going to pray, and then Tegan's going to um, give, give you guys just a handful of announcements, and then we'll be on our way. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this time. I thank you for these students who are here. Uh, we do pray for our friends who are not here, whether they're, they're traveling, uh, coming back in town from fall break, whatever their reasons may be. God, we pray for this community here at Watershed. We pray for the greater community here at Perimeter Church. And as we think about uh, where we live, how we can neighbor well, and not only neighbor with our physical neighbors in our neighborhood, but also thinking about our friends and our classmates and our associates at our schools. And especially we pray for Northview. Um, God, as, as we have been really just pushing this 610, and um, God, we believe that you are wanting to do something great uh, in Northview. You want to do something great in this place, and so we just want to glorify and honor you. 
uh, even as we ask uh, of you, God, to move and to act in, in a great and big way. So God, whether it's in regards to our activities, our calling in life, and even um, theological questions about miracles, God, would you draw us back to the cross? Would you draw us back to you? God, these things make little to no sense if they are devoid of you, Jesus, mm-hmm. and devoid of the gospel. And so I hope that what our students have heard tonight, that what we have communicated from stage tonight is that to, we should run to you because in you we are safe, in you we have hope, in you we find comfort, in you we find peace, in you we find rest, in you, God, we find the answers to this life. Yeah. We thank you that you are indeed good. And for anyone in this room who's still investigating, still searching, God, would you continue to engage them, whether it's through this community, through our talks, uh, through anything that we have here at Perimeter and at Watershed. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your matchless name. Amen. Amen. Awesome.